Hey, welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent and Alan. And, we, you know, Alan, there are some things that as pastors that we probably should talk about that we kind of, we are like hesitant or afraid to talk about. And uh, so today we're going to talk about one of those subjects that maybe we shouldn't be so hesitant to talk about. Ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about money today. That is everyone's favorite subject. It and, is. Yeah. You know, we struggle with that. And so uh, I, I know I did, Alan, I, I, when I was pastoring, I, you know, there were times, but I think God kind of brought me through the place I was more confident in that. Yeah. You find a lot of bad habits are formed or a lot of anxiety comes up when it comes up that you're going to be preaching on the issue of stewardship and you know, we talk about stewardship as a way of life, but, you know, let, let's be honest about the terms and all that kind of stuff. You know what you're talking about. Your church knows what you're talking about. As soon as the word stewardship comes out, we can talk about stewardship of your times, talents, and treasures. And the only one that really people get sensitive about is treasures. Mm-hmm. For what? And it was a subject in the first century. It's a subject today. Well, yeah, and, you know, I was just thinking, why is it that we're so afraid to talk about money when we talk about anything else in scripture? Um, you know, really other more sensitive subjects in scripture, but boy, money sure does. I don't know if Satan just uses that to keep us from experiencing blessing. I don't know, but it's, it's hard for most pastors to talk about that. Well, I think money talks, right? So I think it speaks another language while we're talking about it so mm-hmm. people take it very sensitive because they feel like they work hard for it or there's not enough of it or whatever reason it's a very sensitive subject with people so i think we feel a lot of angst when we talk about it so we want to give some guidance today and we're going to do something different kind of on the back end of this trent we're we're going to kind of debate a little bit so <laughs> okay I think we'll uh, kind of go in a, in a different direction because we actually have a couple different perspectives on, on an issue here. And I think that's that's probably good for our hearers to, to hear as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this and I appreciate you putting our note together today. So let's let's begin this. Um, the first point that you have written is let the Bible determine when and how often you talk about money. So kind of give me some what you're thinking here. Well, you know, there's different trains of thought about how you put your sermon series together. Some people do short-term series. You and I were more that way. We have the attention spans of gnats, and we have to. <laughs> yeah. We had to mix things up a little bit more. A lot of pastors today, though, are in really long series. They're preaching through books or, or longer textual passages, and they're taking, you know, 13 weeks, 20 weeks, a year to go through a book, and so. In those cases, the Bible is going to bring up when you talk about that particular issue. Now, if you're not doing that, that would kind of come back to another thing that you're going to plan a specific series on it. But if you're a systematic preacher, the the subject will come up, and it'll come up more often than you think it will. Oh, I agree. Yeah, because Scripture talks a lot about money. Um, and we tend to avoid that. But yeah, when you're saying that, Alan, I'm remembering my daughter, her pastor, when she was in college, the, the entire time that she was in college, he was in the book of John. And it's like, that's four years. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a series, man. 
that is a long, long series. So I couldn't do that. I'm grateful for people who can, and I'm grateful that we're all different. You know, you and I, we get to see a lot of different styles and pastors who do things a lot of different ways. And I'm glad that God didn't make us all alike. We don't need to all be alike. We all need to be different because that's how God reaches different people is in different ways. So, you know, the Bible will determine it. If not, you need to plan a sermon series. And sometimes people who do long series want to do a one-off series in between longer series. Mm-hmm. And stewardship can actually be a good series that is the one-off series as well. Yeah, my pastor just did that. He had been doing um, some longer series, and then he did just a three-week series on stewardship just uh, you know, just the last few weeks. And uh, it, it was good because sometimes, you know, when you're in those longer series and you need to kind of break things up and summertime is one of those times that you may not think about preaching on money, but it's a good time because people aren't are moving in and out. And so a long series may not be appropriate, but uh, I think there's there's lots of times you can fit in and talk about talk about money. Yeah. And. Let's be clear, too. You talk about money in different ways. You may do a series that's on, uh, you know, finance, finances in general. You may do a series that's on on the topic of money. Is money good or bad? You know, we know the love of money is the root of all evil, not money is the root of all evil. You may right. want to do a sermon series. You mentioned the word stewardship, uh, a series on stewardship. And you may want to talk beyond money about stewarding your time or stewarding, stewarding other things in your life. But when people hear the word stewardship, they know that there's going to be something in there. No matter what you do, it's going to deal with money. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Alan. And and so, you know, and and sometimes, you know, I found myself trying to cover up the the idea of money by using stewardship of your time, you know, and things like that. But I was really trying to get back to to money. Uh, and so, yeah, there's lots of different ways, um, but it's important for us to be able to to ta- tackle this subject. Um, like I said, Scripture talks about it a whole lot, and we're going to talk about one of those passages here in a minute. But the third thing that you have on here is that, and I, I found myself doing this, Alan, when I first started pastoring, was apologizing for preaching on on stewardship or on money, and. and that is not a healthy thing um and because when you know i should never have to uh, apologize for god's word if he talks about it then it's fair game yeah that was the first thing i did was i'm sorry i'm going to preach about money today and (laughs) i remember remember everyone's like you've kind of made the sermon unlistenable at that point Mm -hmm. in time apologize for it people are going well he doesn't really believe this stuff that hard because he's apologizing for it and then there was the thing too when i decided no no this is in the bible i I shouldn't apologize for it then i i started prefacing it now we're going to talk today about a really sensitive subject to a lot of people (laughs) and so it's the same effect i might as well have been apologizing for it because i'm it's really not that uncomfortable every single one of us have a certain amount of resources and what are we doing with them? That's the question. It's right. different than talking about someone's spiritual walk or evangelism or any other subject. 
every subject can, has the ability to be a sensitive subject in our life. Is it, and isn't that part of what we do in pastoral ministry is deal with those sensitive subjects like that. So we shouldn't apologize or preface or anything. Just own it, take the bull by the horns, go with it. Yeah, and it's it's only sensitive when it shows that we need to grow in that area. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I agree. Don't we shouldn't be apologizing for it or prefacing it. And and so here, ask yourself this question. This is what God really used to change my point of view on preaching on this subject is um, do I want my church family to be blessed? And I, you know, I could say overwhelmingly, yes, yes, I do want my church family to be blessed. And so then according to Malachi 3.10, then I am supposed to be talking to them and sharing with them about tithing and offering. And so um, let me just read that to you. In 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, not a portion of the tithe, but the whole tithe, that there may be food in my house. And this is the only place he says, test me in this. It's the only area that God says to test him in, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Evidently, this is an area that God takes very seriously. He realizes that Satan can easily use this to keep us from him because we think that we can be our own God and we can control this, but this is a kind of a litmus test on how we're growing. Yeah, that was the first Bible verse I learned outside John 3.16 growing up. Was really? One, and yeah, it was the longest verse in Bible drill. So hmm. I just learned the longest one first, and so I did. Awesome. So learned bring ye all the ties, and then that put meat in mine house. So I, there, there, so that there's barbecue, you know. That, <laughs> Amen, brother. There, if you got barbecue, you got a blessing. So <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we've talked about those first three. You know, let the Bible determine, plan a series, avoid apologizing, and and here, the fourth one kind of follows in suit with that. Speak honestly and clearly about what you're talking about. Yeah, when you have this in the note, it made me realize or remember that when Dana and I were first married and she wanted us to uh, begin tithing, I did not grow up tithing. Um, you know, my family kind of came to church when I was later in, in school. And, and so that was something that we hadn't really learned about yet. And so when Dana brought it up and here I am, even in seminary, uh, you know, I, I told her she must be high because, you know, do you know what we make? We can't afford to do that. But, but God has blessed us again and again and again. And so just being able for me to share my story about learning to tithe and has been a, a huge deal. And it's been helpful, I think, to some other people. Yeah, I've never regretted being a faithful tither. In, in my life. And we need to define the terms. You know, how does your church define tithe, offering, generosity, stewardship? You know, make those terms clear in your church. We don't use the word stewardship really anywhere except in Bible focused areas because it's not a common term in our culture any longer. So you're going to have to explain what you mean about stewardship with people 
you know, what is generosity? Really, is that just something that is easy for you? Is generosity something that goes above and beyond? You know, how do you differentiate or do you differentiate between tithes and offerings? Uh, or are you a place that believes that tithe is only an Old Testament term and that offering is, is the appropriate term? So just define your terms. And then don't be afraid, too, to admit that ministry needs resources. People recognize that. I think sometimes we insult their intelligence when we think, oh, they may be offended that the church has got to keep the lights on. Or they may be offended that we want to do this ministry, but it's going to cost. Um, don't don't apologize for that. Just be honest and clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really agree with you, Alan. That is so important. And you know, as you're talking about defining the terms, hopefully we have some new people coming into our church, and maybe this is their first time in a church. Hopefully, you've got some guests that are coming in, and and so in that you need to be able to define those terms because it's just like any other Bible terms. Sometimes we use Christianese, and so that means we automatically keep others away from understanding what God's word says. Yeah, that's really good. And that's something that we want to pay special attention to is we want to be able to know that new people can come in and catch on to what we're doing and what we're talking about and know what is expected of them as well as Christians in the area of giving. Um, We can go years and years and years and people not know. I remember being a young pastor and a couple came to me after I preached a message on giving and they said, we've been coming to this church for three years and we never really understood tithes and offerings until now. Wow. And that was a, Oh, well, that's great. Thanks that I thank you for encouraging me for having preached on this, but also how sad is that? Yeah. Well, and so if they've been, you know, in other churches and other places too. You know, it, it's sad that we don't give people the opportunity to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. You know, that's when somebody as pastors, we're really bad about um, receiving gifts sometimes. Um, and so sometimes we steal somebody else's joy in giving. Um, and, you know, we shouldn't do that. And God wants to give to us as well. I'm not, and you know, as I hear those words coming out of my mouth, Alan, I'm like, dude, you're not a prosperity gospel guy. And I'm not, but it still doesn't change the fact that God wants to bless us. Yeah. And the, you know, like we preach it, those blessings come in different ways. They're not always in, in the same kind, the joy that comes from giving a gift to someone else is far greater than holding something for yourself so those blessings come in many different ways but he also promises to supply our needs out of his riches and glory so we need to know what the bible teaches in this area we also be wise in how we administrate our church and so you need to keep your church budget available and you need to be able to talk about that you know when you're preaching in the area of finances you should be able to show what your church is doing and people should be able to pick up a financial report they should know where your church stands financially i think that's a big a big problem in a lot of churches as we do less and less business meetings which i'm all in favor of fewer business meetings <laughs> yeah but when we did business meetings all the time people were looking at budgets 
and going through those budgets item by item while the church being responsible with what I've given them. And now we kind of present a budget one time a year in most cases, and people look at it and throw it aside and never pay attention to it unless there's a problem. But we should be pointing attention to our budget, what we're doing, how we're doing, and talk to people honestly and openly about our church's situation. Yeah, and and let me encourage you, you know, if people ask questions about the finances, don't become defensive. Always have an open, you know, I, I would tell people all the time with the churches that I pastored, if you have a question about a, please come and we'll do our best to show you everything that our treasure church treasurer does and where we've spent those funds. Um, because if, if someone, it doesn't matter if you've been, if you dealt with money poorly, if someone has that question or fear, then it becomes reality in their mind that you're not dealing with their finances correctly. And so you want to be able to show them and have open books. Say, here's, you can look at everything we do. I think that's important. Yes, we call that, you know, uh, being upfront. We talk about integrity and honestly, and we want to be open. We want to be transparent. That's the word you'll hear in a lot of financial circles and ethical circles today. Just be transparent in your financial dealings um, as a church. I know there are times in my ministry, especially when I was a young pastor, I didn't even know what that meant. I had a lot to learn about churches and budgets and things like that. So I know it's a growth process. And as pastors, we should learn to be better financial stewards. If that means going to the local community college and taking a business class, then take a business class. But do something to help your awareness of what goes on with your church finances. I think that's really important. Absolutely, Alan. And so, um, you know, as we talk through this, you know, we're talking about budgets. Um, Also keep in mind that God, his Holy Spirit will talk to people and and speak to them about what they should be giving. Um, As you talk about tithe, I always talked about tithes as our 10% off the top. And then offerings were any other gifts we give above and beyond that. And so, you know, just keep in mind, um, people have those those limits. And, and so they understand, hopefully, that your church has limits, too, as you talk about that. And you show them the budget and you show them what is being spent on it. Um, and so the, that kind of leads into the next point that you have on our list, Alan, is that being able to let people share stories you know, not only of their giving, but of the ministry that's taking place. Um, when I was a BSU director, worked with college kids, um, another director told me a, a really wise thing, and that was to share the stories of individuals' lives who've been changed. Don't give them statistics, share stories with them. And um, that, that gets people excited. And also, I would also say, People don't give to savings accounts. They want to see their money put to work. Yeah, I think, you know, we use the idea that, well, people don't tithe. They give to causes. Um, The tithe is a great cause if your church is actively involved in ministry. So your budget should reflect a willingness to send your money and your resources out in a way that is impactful. And so the more impactful your church is, the more you're going to have stories of lives that have been changed, stories of lives that have gone on mission trips and seen other lives change you're going to open doors that are important and if you're not good with stories i've got a great resource for you 
check out a book called Stories That Stick. It's not a faith-based book, but it's a great resource on the art of storytelling. There's tons of resources out there to help cultivate a, a culture of stories. You can interview someone. That's an effective way to to do a story. Get up and, and just ask them a couple of questions. Hey, how is our church? How's the ministries in our church changed your life? Let them share a little bit. Do a follow follow up questions. It doesn't have to be long, but when you do that, especially right before you say something about an offering time or where people can do that, it is a very impactful time. And, and that's not manipulative. You're demonstrating, and you're showing that this is why we do this is because lives are being changed with what we're doing. So that's a huge deal. So the stories, stories are powerful. You don't need to be the only voice sharing what God is doing. So, you know, share, share those stories along the way. There's one other one, Trent, and, you know, we had had this note almost together and then it dawned on me before I went to bed last night, I forgot something in the note and that's, the power of small groups use small groups for to to do studies on finances um, use small groups to do um, things that deal with you know financial accountability legacy all those kinds of things oh yeah you know and your sunday school classes small groups whatever you call them um typically they're going through um scripture and they're going to run across those verses that talk about you know things like malachi 310 and all those and so they're going to be kind of systematically hitting that subject and it's a great place in a small group to have a discussion and for people to have a safe place to ask questions and uh, you know you want them to be able to ask the questions that they have you know what if i can't start out you know i'm a new christian and i can't just automatically begin giving a tie, the 10%. Well, you you can discuss that. And maybe there's other people in the room that have that same question. You know, how do you deal with that? And uh, so let's use those small groups to be able to be safe places to talk about this. Yeah, that's such a great idea. So those are seven statements that we have that we've talked through. Well, those are in our notes today. But Trent, there was two others that I wrote down and when we were getting ready to talk about them, you, you had big question marks. And I think the red flags went up for you. And <laughs> so let, let's talk about them because we don't do this very often. And I think this is good to let people know that sometimes we disagree on something. So we just don't even talk about it. But then sometimes maybe like today, we want to bring this back in. And we won't, we won't just draw this out too long, but I think it's a good exercise. Let me read the two statements. Um, because those are my feelings. And then let me allow you to kind of share the antithesis on those thoughts. Okay. Okay. So I said, if your church is not practicing good stewardship, don't preach on the subject. Similarly, if you are not practicing good stewardship, don't preach on the subject. So Trent, you kind of had like, no, no, <laughs> Well, you know, when I read those statements that you had put in our note, and, and it, I, you know, as we talked a little bit, I understand kind of where you're coming from. But my point of view on those is that God's word is powerful, it's effective, and it is able to change people. And so I think that we should be preaching on, it, even if we're not good at it, uh, as in most areas in scripture, 
we need to be able to talk about it. And so individually, even if I'm the pastor and I am struggling with, with giving or being responsible with money, then I, I think all the more I need to be preaching on it because that will force me to study and the Holy Spirit, I think, will, will speak to me and hopefully change me. And I see where you're coming from. And I think um, where you and I are, are a little bit different on that, I think you are so much more optimistic with <laughs> the idea that every pastor wants to grow spiritually, that every pastor wants to improve. And we believe that that is true 95% of the time. But there's, I guess I was thinking about that other 5%. Okay. You know, that pastor who doesn't tithe doesn't believe he should tithe that the church should tithe for his benefit and so he's gonna i'm i don't have any intention of starting giving back to my church but i want all of you to give right so in a in a case like that if if that's your attitude don't preach on it mm. just just don't don't talk about it um if you you know the idea that is if the idea is the church we don't want to give to ministry we only want to take care of who's here and we're not going to change that viewpoint, then, then don't talk about good stewardship because that's not good stewardship. Jesus had a lot to say about the, the guy who buried his, his treasures in the, in the dirt and didn't do anything with them, called them vile and wicked. And mm. I, I just have that mentality of, if, you know, don't, if you don't want to improve or you don't have a plan to do something better, then don't talk about it. You know, it's the same thing true that if, if, uh, you're going to get up and talk about to everyone about morality. And I remember being in a chapel service when a board of trustees or seminary talked about keeping the main thing, the main thing. And a few months later was found to be having multiple affairs in his church. He had no business speaking on the main thing. Right. So, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from. I mm -hmm. think that you just take it from a more optimistic viewpoint. I think <laughs> it won't get better. And I think I was the pessimist that said, we've got some scoundrels in ministry, but I think our heart is both the same from the standpoint of, we want you who are listening today because you're not in that group. You mm -hmm. want to do better. And you may not have it all figured out in stewardship and that's okay. Be vulnerable. Tell the church, hey, I'm struggling in these areas, too. And they're going to say, man, my pastor can struggle with this. It's not weird that I struggle with this. So then be honest and open. If your church hasn't been good with your stewardship in the past, then be honest about it. Folks, we have not done a good job with our money. But here's the steps we're taking to do a little bit better now. We can do better. You can do better. I think that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Well, and there's, you know. I'm glad we're talking about these things because one of the things I want us to be able to model for people that we can disagree without being disagreeable, right? Um, and, and we need to go back to the era of debating and talking through subjects instead of just saying, that, oh, you hate me if you don't agree with me. Um, but, you know, in this area too, keep in mind that I would say to you as a pastor that if you are a person who is using people for your benefit and not for the glory of God, then you won't be a pastor for long. Um, and, and probably good, good riddance. You know, if, if you're not willing to change and you're not willing to 
you know, let God be the one. And, and you're not being wise with the way that you're using the money for the church, then yeah, you don't need to be a pastor. So anyway, those, uh, and I know Alan would agree with that. That's, you know, we want people to grow and grow closer to God. And so, um, you know, I, I agree. I am probably more optimistic about things like that, Alan. Uh, but we do want, we do want folks to, to learn more about scripture and about God and his heart. And, and so, you know, to me, I, whatever the subject is, if it's sensitive, then let's don't shy away. But if you're a person who is not a person of character, then what Alan said is true that you're not the person that should, but somebody else should talk about that subject. And so I, I think that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. I think that was a great discussion too, because I think we, we sometimes make statements that maybe are too, are too general. And I think that was a statement I made that was too general. It didn't take into account every situation. And so we can sometimes do that and it's good to talk through it because I think everyone can see that we, we can disagree about the statement, but I think we agree about the heart of the direction of that. And it's so good. That's what conversation does. Conversation allows us to see where the other person's coming from and we get stronger because of that. And isn't it funny that really the first time we've done that in a podcast is here on the issue of money. One of the <laughs> yeah. hardest things that we have to talk about. This is why though, this mm -hmm. is why it is a challenging subject. So you got a lot from us today. You got, I think you got some, some um, good input about how you can talk about money in your church, but you also got some, some things about how do you make statements and how do you work through those statements. So um, I hope you take some time to listen. Uh, we didn't mean to be a primer today for community relations and, and uh, conflict in conversation and all that, but there you go. There, there you have it. And we are so glad that you take time to listen to us. And uh, I know we've gone a little long today, but we're grateful that you stayed with us to the very end um, today. And we value you as our listeners. So thanks for tuning in. And we hope to catch you next week on the Enduring Churches podcast.